Hello, Fez. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the show. Super glad to have you here. Uh, let's just start with a quick intro for yourself. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm Fess. I'm Director of Sales and Strategic Accounts here at the agency, Strategic ABM. We're an international B2B tech marketing and ABM agency. And I kind of sit in the intersection between our customers and our agency specialists, our consultants and strategy team, our creative team. Um, and yeah, it's a it's really exciting time to be in, in ABM. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. What has been your ABM experience so far? When did you start and how have you seen it evolved over the years that you might have been involved in this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I've been uh, in technology marketing for a number of years now. So um, I actually joined the agency, believe it or not, um, over seven years ago. And uh, we've always been in, in technology marketing and uh, we've worked with a range of different clients across hardware, software, SaaS, uh, professional services and technology and data. So we have quite a breadth of experience across different types of uh, B2B tech marketing, pharmaceutical. You know, often we work in areas where there's quite a complex narrative or bio journey. Um, and, mm -hmm. and for me, that's really where the sweet spot of ABM exists is partly in helping to simplify messaging um, for for the, the consumer and the buyer of whatever solution there is, but also right. in terms of, you know, that, that alignment piece, both internally and externally. So, so my experience really has been across different areas of the market, but mm -hmm. also really trying to help teams to navigate their ABM journey. And uh, it's, yeah, it's been really interesting, the conversations that I've had across mm -hmm. our ABM Lunch and Learn workshops and then working with mm. client teams and also just working with, with teams internally and understanding you know, different perspectives uh, for ABM or ABX, as some teams call it today. Sure. So what would be a typical engagement model, right? So how does it start? right? So either you find your client or they find you. Uh, what are the some of the starting points, right? And then also I'm curious to understand, maybe it could be the next question, but uh, you, you talked about the range of industries that you work with and your clients across all these industries, but are there any specific industry from your experience that ABM really has worked well better than the other? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just to take the first point, I guess, you know, my favorite kind of starting point of a conversation is perhaps when somebody has watched one of our uh, AB, Let's Talk ABM interviews. Uh, my colleague Declan, he runs a, mm -hmm. a podcast himself and, you know, uh, there's some great thought leadership content. Um, and oftentimes people are referred to us by other people in the industry. So, you know, it's building up that reputation in the industry. Um, and so they're kind of a little bit self-educated in ABM and they're, mm. they're coming to join us on our ABM workshop session, our ABM Lunch and Learn. Um, mm -hmm. And we try and help to understand their, their context, their starting point. I talk to teams, you know, at different stages in their journey. Some teams are very early into their ABM programs and some teams are very mature, very experienced in ABM and they have a different set of challenges. So 
really it's mm. important to understand where somebody or, or a team or a business is in their journey. Um, and, and then it, we can take the right steps from there. Sometimes it's more about ABM readiness and, and mm. uh, really understanding if a team is at a stage of maturity in terms of technology, content, alignment. So ABM readiness is, is key, really understanding you know, your, your first steps into ABM. Um, and that can be at a company that's already doing ABM, but they may have a new solution area or a new market. You know, how ready are they for engaging a new set of accounts in a new market? Um, mm -hmm. Or it could be companies that are completely new to ABM. So it really depends. Um, and, and then I think your second question. Um, it was I, on I the industry. Was, uh, it, it was on the, the industry, exactly. The range yeah. of clients that you work with, where have you seen maximum impact? Like, is it sort of trending? Yeah. I guess that's maybe not so much about a particular industry. I think it's, you know, more around companies that, like I said earlier, have, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe a more complex solution, a more complex narrative around their product or complex sales cycle. Um, mm -hmm. The industry vertical, I mean, that, that can you know have some level of impact. It, it's more about the channels that you can use and, and the, the the way that you engage different buyers. You know, some markets right. are more traditional, like pharmaceutical, um, and and some buyers are more kind of digital native, like in mm. cybersecurity, right? So there's different types yeah. of personas in different markets, and you have different ways to engage those personas in buying teams. So I think, um, you know, one learning from me is that no one ABM program is the same. There's always a different starting point, a different set of objectives, different type of buyer. Even if you're talking to the, a, a team in the cybersecurity space, their proposition mm -hmm. and their challenges can be quite different across different, you know, companies targeting ar around the same persona, CTO, CIO, that kind of thing. Right, I agree. Uh, so you mentioned about workshops and the lunch and learn events, right? What really goes into that and how long does it run? And is it like a more one-to-one -one, uh, or a one-to-many kind of a setup? Can you talk a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, well, it's quite interesting you asked that question. I was just speaking to Declan the other day and we may be launching more of a, uh, a webinar uh, LinkedIn series soon, which is mm -hmm. uh, a kind of a broader audience. But mm. in the current um, ABM Lunch and Learn sessions that we run, that's uh, a one-to-one -one workshop with teams who are, like I say, at different stages of their ABM journey. And um, mm. yeah, it's, it's quite an informal session. It's a, a knowledge sharing environment. It's an opportunity for teams to come and talk to us about mm -hmm. their, their current objectives, uh, right. where they are in their ABM journey. Uh, and mm -hmm. sometimes there's some really great and, and frank discussions, you know, some, some really mm -hmm. honest discussions about where teams are. And, and right. we try and be an, as, as honest and transparent with teams as possible. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we have learnings from across the market. We have learnings from our agency programs. That's but we cool. also have learnings from some of the um, relationships that we have with peers in the industry and really understanding mm -hmm. what's working, what's not working. So a, a, a big part for me in those ABM lunch and learn sessions is helping teams to think about, you know, how to avoid mistakes, how to kind mm -hmm. of navigate around things that, 
you know, w w you know, if, if you don't talk to people in the industry, sometimes you fall into traps that you could avoid if you have certain conversations, right? Um, so it's really about getting those learnings in, into the market, in, into uh, right. the conversations that we're having. Right. So I was just curious, like this particular program, both your workshops and lunch and learn, is it part of your engagement or is it more, uh, let's say, information gathering session that you actually use it to, let's say, put together a proposal or help them to put together an ABM plan? Uh, how, how does it work? Yeah. So again, like I said, most of the programs that we work on, they they are, are, are based off some key principles of ABM. Of course, you have one right. to many, one to few, one to one deal based marketing. Um, so there's right. some key principles and some key methodology that you might think about for any ABM program. But the nuances right. of every business helps to define the right starting point for your program and, and framework and strategy. So really, mm. the lunch and learn is more educational. It's more speaking right. to teams uh, about, hey, you know, this is where you guys are at. These are things to be aware of. These are considerations that you want to look out for. This is how to help yeah. drive alignment. And then maybe the next step is what we call a readiness workshop, where it's uh, yeah. more of a paid session and teams come to us. We spend a day with them. We might deep dive on their objectives. That's sometimes a fit for some teams. Other teams, it's, it's a slightly different path, right? Um, but yeah. ultimately... When you work with us as an agency, there, there's two models. There's consultancy and there's orchestrated. Some right. teams just need support with strategy and, and, and content and creative thinking. And, mm -hmm. and then they can take that and they can deploy it in their business through their internal resources. Other teams, right. they need more hands-on support. And then we can mm -hmm. be that hands-on team. So it's not mm -hmm. just that we're consultants and strategy. You know, I think the mm -hmm. biggest benefit of working with a team like ours is that we have dirt under the nails. You know, we're, we're doing ADM in our agency sales and marketing program. Um, you may have seen some of our kind of direct mail campaigns, some of our kind of thought leadership content. Sure. But we also, you know, actually run programs for clients. And there's a lot of learnings. Yeah. When you're in the trenches doing the work, it's very different to just talking about it, right? And when totally. you're actually doing the work, there's really understanding what data is available. Um, mm. in, in certain markets to fuel your programs? Where right. are the issues that you come across with technology stacks? You know, whether it's, you know, uh, HubSpot or Marketo or Demandbase or Terminus, what are the things that those platforms do well? And what are the challenges? Um, yeah. Integrations. And then how do you service the sales team as well? How do you take mm. account-based marketing um, from being a marketing program to being a sales program to being a customer or, or buyer engagement program, you know all, right. all of that. You know, there's some key learnings that you 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 know you could pull from our That's teams and our, our knowledge. Yeah, sure. the, the, right. you know, sometimes you just can't get that stuff out of a book, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you, you mentioned about like the different types of customers that you work with clients and you also mentioned about pharmaceuticals right so the traditional companies let's say manufacturing pharmaceuticals right compared to the digital native uh, sort of companies right so uh, what are the some key differentiation in terms of the channels or even the construct of uh, your abm program right so you mentioned talked about the data availability for example right some of these uh, traditional industries they may not be digitally present the, your buyers right so you might have to really um, tap into your events and those kind of traditional channels right so what has been your experience 
Yeah. I think looking at your existing customers and those opportunities that um, are most valuable to you in terms of order value, but also deal velocity and, and sales cycle length, and then reverse engineering that and looking at, you know, what made that a great opportunity? What made that a great um, buying experience for the customer? Why did they go with you? Why did they close win? And, you know, really thinking about that experience. For me, account-based marketing, you know, it's not about display ads simply. It's not about just sales outreach. It's around, it's about a, a customized buying experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is, you know, really focused at the enterprise level. And I don't mean, you know, just targeting enterprise companies, but when you have like a, a more complex enterprise solution, um, right. it, it's reverse engineering that buying experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just thinking about it from the customer perspective is, is key right. in ABM, you know, so how do you mm-hmm. construct your content? What kind of content experience do you have? Um, right. you know, looking at your, your sales process. How right. is it biocentric? How do you create a sales process that allows the buyer to, you know, kind of tap into your um, full leadership? You know, that might come right. through introducing a peer-to-peer experience in the sales process. It right. might come through making sure that your, um, your your kind of discovery is almost potentially framed as a workshop. You know, in the technology sector, you see a lot of CTAs book a demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to evaluate what value exchange is happening at Book a Demo. Right. Is it weighted towards right. the seller or the buyer? And at, mm-hmm. at the enterprise level, companies buy differently. Companies right. buy almost through committee. So you need right. to have a proposition in the market to help support that committee buying experience. Right. And then if you look at the industry level, like you were saying, you know, pharmaceutical versus um, SaaS or something like that. Right. I mean, that's probably not the, the right terminology there because, you know, you can have SaaS with pharmaceutical sector. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, um, you know, it comes down to the experience. Some, mm. some buyers in the pharmaceutical sector, for example, prefer to be uh, face-to-face at conferences and events. Um, right. And again, it depends on the, the kind of persona that you're, you're targeting. Some teams mm-hmm. that I talk to, they have much greater success when they don't target C-suite and they're just targeting manager or director level. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're targeting more senior people, then you need to consider how to reach them and, and what they place value on. Maybe right. that's more of a C-suite engagement program where you're giving right. them access to peers in, in their industry versus right. at a manager or director level. Maybe it's more around uh, virtual thought leadership content mm. and experiences mm. it doesn't have to be as in person and, and those types right. of activities right. so right. I, I think you know it's not just about the industry but it's also about the persona that you're targeting and, and the right. level and, and the kind of expectation on their side right so based on what you said is it fair to say for traditional industries right a field marketing type of uh, or a field marketing powered abm program might work better largely right so of course you can't uh, generalize uh, whereas in newer age like, let's say uh, uh, you, you talked about cyber security for example right so they like core tech or a blockchain these kind of uh, new age uh, 
marketing ABM programs could be very digital centric? Do you think that's a yeah? I think you need uh, probably you, you need to understand your personas, who you're targeting. You need to understand their context. There's no one size fits all. Um, mm -hmm. I, I definitely would consider a blended strategy. So really right. thinking about the right mix of on and offline experiences mm. um, and using um, you know, the right approach to reach different personas. Look, people buy in different ways. You can right. have, uh, even within the same industry, you can have mm -hmm. people at different levels who prefer a digital right. selling environment. Other people prefer right. uh, in-person and events environment. Um, right. And I think you need to set your program up to consider the different opportunities that you have and the different areas mm. to reach your buyer and then customize that buying experience. So right. again, ABM, it's a lot about building relationships, right? So you know, if you think about the three R's of ABM, reputation, relationships, and revenue, um, whether this is for net new logos or existing customers, a lot of this is anchored around relationships. Right. And you can try and develop relationships based on people that you, you've already connected with in the sales process, your champion, right. and try right. to um, help them sell your mm -hmm. value proposition within their organization. Right. And you need to listen to them and understand how does their organization buy? What levers can you help them pull internally? Is it, you know, a personalized piece of content or do we need to create, you know, some sort of experience where we invite people either to a workshop or, or maybe some sort of in-person demo experience? Right. You know, how does their company buy? What's the value to them? And that really right. is, 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 you know, a customized ABM program. Now that that's going to yeah. happen at different levels, depending on a couple of key factors, you right. know, the, the more customized one-to-one -one type programs, mm -hmm. that's where you may really go to town on creating a really personalized experience for a very high value account. Right. Um, and then you have one to I agree. where it's ABM is right? Right. I, I agree. I think it ABM is all about relationship, but it's also, it seems it appears, right? So that it's a very hard concept for uh, marketing or marketers who have come from traditional demand gen kind of a, uh, an area, right? So where everything is very transactional, right? And if you advise them to build relationship, right? Play this waiting game, uh, it doesn't appear that they have the time, right? So how do you go about dealing with, let's say, clients or teams who do not have that level of patience, nor the understanding that ABM actually is about relationship and not, not uh, really a transactional sort of a framework. Yeah. Again, there's a couple of different factors to this, you know, average sales cycle, deal value, account value, you know, you've got to put it in the context of your objectives. What are you trying to achieve? Is this a multi-million dollar mm. opportunity or is this a $50,000 opportunity, right? Um, and, right. and oftentimes a $50,000 opportunity is the proof of concept into a multi-million dollar opportunity, right? So you've got to break down right. your objectives and really try and understand what are those key steps that you're trying to achieve 
with sales or the account team with the customer and then design your buyer journey to align with those key steps in the process, right? Um, right. And, and, and look, you know, every team I speak to is trying to deliver on objectives like it was yesterday, right? <laughs> we need yes. to get something into market yesterday. We need to hit KPIs um, to, to meet our goals this quarter. Everybody's, hmm. you know, got driving, um, you know, to, to deliver something at speed um, that, that hits their, their kind of KPIs. But that comes down to good expectation management and alignment internally. Um, mm. And also really understanding your customer and how they buy. Um, but of course, you know, there are key things that we do in our programs to help um, manage those expectations. So we have a program that we uh, call Kickstart. And Kickstart is essentially around getting something into market early and testing and mm. learning, right? So within mm, the first, mm. I would say, month to six weeks of us working with the client, we would be aiming to have a Kickstart program in market. And, and really, the objective of Kickstart is to really understand, um, you know, the, the, the messages and, and the kind of topics that are resonating with your audience. And that can be at the one-to-one level. Uh, across uh, an account, or it could be at a one-to-many level across a number of accounts. But where are you mm-hmm. seeing engagement? What, what topics are, are driving, you know, engagement with a piece of content or, um, you know, a proposition like a workshop, right? Um, right? And of course, you may identify some early wins from that. But really, the objective is to get something into market, test and learn. Because you don't mm. want to build a full-scale scale ADM program without some data and insights. Yeah. So for me, the mm. crux of ABM is insights. That's, that's what differentiates ABM from other kind of general demand generation programs. It's really understanding from the market or the accounts, you know, what's driving their needs at the moment, um, rather than mm. just a, a persona-based marketing push of, of your kind of message right. and narrative and value proposition to the market. So Kickstart enables you to gather insights from the market and then optimize your your messaging or your program. And of Mm. course, Kickstart can include elements of lead generation, demand generation, you know, social selling activities, those kind of um, early stage uh, warm up activities to your target audience. So I would say in terms of how do you move things forward? Um, you know, have a, have a level of test campaigns in your program that you mm-hmm. can make some assessment through within the first, you know, couple of months of, of your, uh, your program launch, depending on, you know, whether it's one to many or one to few. Correct. And you said that's a typically a three month period program. It's more a pilot program to test and then basically learn and then start yeah. a full fledged program. Yeah, of course, you know, depending on what you may have available already, you may have some existing content or assets, but, you know, you, mm. you're looking to use existing content, repurpose assets, and then launch something yeah. in a couple of months. But, you know, that can mean different things to different teams. It really depends on sure. what type of objectives you have. Are you running a one-to-one program or one-to-many? Um, so right. there's different considerations and different channels that you can right. use depending on which type of program you're running. Right. So how do you help your clients to identify the type of program that best suits them? Yeah. Again, that can go back to our readiness workshop. 
or you know sometimes it's it's quite clear you know sometimes it's pretty obvious this client has a key set of objectives and, and this is the type of program that's required to deliver on those objectives right and that can be right. quite a straight line into a one to few program or a one to one program right. Um, right. And, and that often makes more sense when a client has a level of ABM maturity, if they mm -hmm. are running an existing ABM program or if they have um, ABMs internally where they have some sort of existing ABM structure, right? Um, right? But I would say most of the market, it's it's not as clear as that. And, and, and so there, there's you know a need for maybe an ABM readiness workshop to help them really understand what type of ABM program is required. Right. Maybe they have competing objectives across sales and marketing. Um, okay. Maybe they have run some pilot programs and those pilot programs haven't worked, you know, worked as expected. So we need to do some analysis to understand, you know, what, what didn't work last time okay. um, and then figure out mm. the right way forward from there. Um, sometimes right. I, I often see that teams build their target account list and then jump straight into campaign mode, right? And, mm. and that makes sense, maybe more at a demand generation level. But when you're looking mm. through the lens of an account-based marketing program, you know, the next step after account selection is often, you know, the insights piece, really understanding the DNA of your yeah, yeah. Uh, accounts and, 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 and buyers, you know. Um, and, and that insights drives customization and relevancy and personalization um, right. and, and particularly helps you shape your, your narrative and value proposition. So, you know, if you skip steps, right. then often what happens is you try to get to market faster in your ABM program because you've got pressure from upstairs. We need to get the campaign quickly. But the steps right. that you skip ultimately means right. that you result in a failed program, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on, like, what's the single most uh, attribute when it comes to ABM right? So whether it's the account selection, whether it's the personalization, sales marketing alignment, what do you think is the, the single most factor that uh, makes or breaks programs? Yeah, I, I would probably suggest that having a really robust and um, clear account selection process is right. make or break for a good ABM program. And the reason for that is because a lot of different factors um, hinge off of account selection. Right. So if you have an account selection process that involves different stakeholder groups internally and mm -hmm. potentially is even informed by you know, your insights from customers, right. it's a collective experience. It, it aligns teams yeah in the account selection process. Sometimes you see, I speak to teams and they're like, oh, sales have given me the, the list. This is this is the list. We have to go after this list. Right. But right. marketing is gonna struggle because they don't have the right case studies or the right content or the right messaging for that set of accounts. Mm. And so they're already on the back foot. Mm. Whereas if it's a joined up effort in account selection, then there's mm. a level of expectation management and setting that you can do across different teams. Right. And ultimately, all the stakeholders internally are invested in this list, right? right. They, they can all see the value right. in this list. If it's only coming from right. one party, then it, it's kind of unbalanced. 
in the organization, right? Mm. So I think account mm. selection mm. is key to getting the early mm. stages of alignment through the rest of the program. But also okay. account selection is key because it helps define everything else that comes afterwards, your value proposition, right. your narrative, you know, really understanding, like, if you've selected a set of accounts, not just because they're in the same industry vertical, not just because you've, um, you know, uh, got a couple of case studies for financial services, but if you go deeper than that, let's say the reason that you've selected these accounts is because your technology integrates really well with the technology that this group of customers already has in their ecosystem. And therefore, there's less risk, there's more trust, there's more, you know, capability integration. Then that's a story that you could hook your value proposition on, right? Um, and sometimes right. that's skipped over. That that logic is skipped over in in uh, mm. in in the kind of messaging work because that's not really right. defined in the account selection right. piece. Does that give right. you a few uh, ideas? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes perfect sense because once you end up selecting the wrong uh, set of accounts, then even if you have the other things working for you, right? I think you're just parking at the wrong tree, and then you're not going to get the the results. Right. Whereas if your account selection is uh, is robust and then you identify it, but even if the other aspects are not in place or it's not working as much as you want, you could you could optimize and then correct it and course correct it and then get it to do working. Right. So I think from that perspective, uh, the account selection seems to be the critical thing that uh, a team should like pay more attention or the maximum attention, especially during the initial stages. Right. And also, uh, right. So the experts talk about how do you qualify account and how do you also dequalify accounts and, and all those processes basically gets into the account selection activities. Uh, exactly. It's, it's like, why are these accounts and, and why now, you know, it, it, right. it, it needs to be a joined up effort because Absolutely. everybody needs to be invested in these accounts to right. make it work out, downstream. Absolutely. Let's talk about personalization. I think you alluded to it, and then you also talked about how research is something that needs to be uh, performed, right, uh, before you get into the campaign mode, right? So how do you uh, view personalization? Uh, what type of personalization have you seen working for your clients? And how, how should people in general, right, approach personalization? Yeah, I, I guess in, in my mind, there's, there's three pillars to that. There's mm -hmm relevancy customization and mm -hmm. personalization mm. and and the best abm programs get those three pillars working well together across right. the account experience across the buyer mm. experience right right um so relevancy you know can include things like timing we've got the right message to the right accounts at the right time right. customization is really understanding the value proposition and and taking that in in a customized format to a customer for example you can have your generic value proposition but if you know that this this customer has a specific type of technology in their business that you integrate with whether you mm. want to customize your story to talk about that you know in in a more meaningful way mm. and then personalization is where you know you're looking at it um you know at the company level at the the, the kind of decision making unit level and then at the mm. contact level and making uh, you know, creating more personalized narrative um, into the account, mm. 
if you imagine an account can have multiple different buying teams globally, you know, a buying team yeah. in the US might have different challenges to a buying team in France or Germany. They're the same company, but they're at right. different stages of their maturity, their business maturity, whatever different, you know, they, they might right. even sell the same products in their line of business, but they have different challenges, right. different regular, different regulatory compliance, let's say some right. stuff like right. that. Right. Um, right. so that personalization comes down to un really understanding who you're talking to in the account mm. and what's in it for mm. them mm. and, and really understanding, right. you know, their kind of, um, jobs to be done. You know, what, what level do they sit at in the organization? Mm. What buying tasks do they have? Are they doing the research for somebody more senior because they've been asked to go out and, and find solutions in the market that fit a challenge? Or are they somebody more senior yeah. that they have a vision mm. for their organization mm. and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I bring my vision to mm. life in a practical sense? What technology, what services, what, what process do I need, right? So, you know, there's a, a few different considerations right. there, but customization, relevancy, personalization, th those are the three pillars. I think it's not just about personalization because if you just use that language of mm. personalization, people think, oh, I'm going to put the logo on there of the company. Mm. I'm going to put mm. their company name in there. Mm. Oh, I'm personalizing it. Mm. That's not really, right. in, in my mind, that's not really true ABM, right? That's very right. a, a very light version of ABM, which is fine in some right. scenarios, Particularly in the right. Kickstart campaign, when you're just trying to test the message or or get some data, yeah, you can have like a light personalization. You could send an right. asset with a personalized logo on it. Um, but the, right. the levels going deeper after that really, you know, is when you get into right. you know, proper ABM. Right. Yes, what you're saying is the moment it gets into that one to few, one to one kind of uh, ABM type programs, right? So the the, the way the personalization, uh, the meaning takes a different sort of a, like a deeper uh insight in terms of just not like a very high level company personalization or anything like that but it's more messaging what are the pain points challenges to that cohort of accounts who's sort of facing and how do you message or respond to that pain point yeah absolutely yeah and i think it's also you know account-based marketing and contact-based marketing mm -hmm. right so right. account based is like you, you have a value proposition for an account and and then you're, you're engaging an account um you know it could be in in one market one region or it could be globally um yeah. and then there's contact level you know stakeholder profiling mm -hmm. really understanding mm -hmm. the, the people within the organization that you're talking to and that's yeah. where you can create really unique moments with buyers mm -hmm. that's where you could do those really personalized touches um mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you could do that at the one-to-many level, um, and, and you could also do it at the one-to-one -one level. Um, right. Maybe at the one-to-many level, it's more of a light-touch personalization, but it's still, you know, mm. you're talking to an individual, you can do some research on their LinkedIn profile, you could maybe create a unique moment for them. Um, mm. and, and then, you know, at the one-to-one -one level, this is probably where you're, you know, talking to an existing customer. It's a very mm. high value relationship. You want to create mm. something really um, engaging for them. So, you right. know, you got to think of it at different levels. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, Great. you know, it's not, it's not so um, transactional as the word you used earlier. I, I think, you know, you, you really got to place mm. emphasis on, on relationships. Yeah. And if you start with the mindset of relationships right. instead of leads, I think it changes the whole mm -hmm. way you think about sales and marketing. 
agree. Yeah. I think it's all about like telling the customer or the prospect that I know what your problems are, pain points are, challenges are, and let's just work together, right, in solving that, right, in, in, in your communications. Yeah, becoming that trusted a little bit partner. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, ABX, and I think you, you sort of referred to it a couple of times, right? Is that really a word play or is there more to it's an ABM plus kind of a thing or right or it's just something has to change so we re replace M to X and we call it with a new uh, abbreviation so what's your view on it yeah it's an interesting one I mean obviously ABX to me is is kind of just a industry term uh, particularly from some of the technology vendors and I get it I, I understand the uh, is value in that term. Um, I'm probably more of a purist than I, I just feel like account-based strategy, account-based marketing, um, th there's more of a, a strategic framework around that. But for, for me, actually, I think there's, again, yeah. a few different angles on this. There's account-based marketing and there's, you know, marketing strategy and planning work that needs to be done for an account-based marketing program, right? And then there's account-based sales, and account-based sales can have different, um, you know, considerations at one-to-many, through-to-one-to-few, one-to-one. At one-to-many, it's probably more about SDR teams and top-of-funnel engagement. At one-to-one, -one, it's probably more around account teams and strategic sellers in the organization and, and probably even more about executive and peer-to-peer -peer engagement programs, right? Um, yeah. mm. and, and for me, you have account-based marketing, you can't have you have account-based sales, and then from the customer side of it, you have account-based experiences, right? So almost account-based ADX mm -hmm. is more of a experiential, the end result. It, it's you know that's the mindset that I have. It's bringing together sales and marketing, that orchestration piece that then is what the customer experiences, and I think that's a really nice way to mm -hmm. position ADX. It's not you know, your mm. sales and marketing team, how they go to market, but it's actually how the customer experiences your brand from a, a, an account-based perspective. So I think if you think about ABX in that light, I think it kind of maybe changes the dynamics a little bit. Um, and then it yeah. does have value in, in the way that you talk about experiences. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. First, I think do, you, do you have a, a view on that? Yeah. Uh, no, I... I don't know. I think it's 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 not uh, a fully understood terminology, right? And I think we're trying to get into a concept of knowing or a notion of knowing what exactly it is. And that's the reason I wanted to sort of have your viewpoint, right? So I think the way you put it, right, when you see it from the, the customer's viewpoint, right, it's all about experience. It really doesn't matter whether you're representing a sales organization or a a marketing organization right so am i having a ca consistent experience when i engage with this particular right service provider vendor or whatever right and if that is a term that sort of unifies and and provides that uh, messaging consistency and i, I think there's no harm in, in, in sort of calling an abm or an abs into an abx right and i think but like i said it's not a, it's it's not a very fully understood terminology i think people are coming into terms with it Anyway, um, yeah. 
Just, I would say that we probably don't need another acronym in, in exactly. sales and marketing. Exactly. But if we do use ABX in, in the industry, then it should mm. really focus on the customer and the customer's right. experience. Because right. I think at the end of the day, that's the most important right. consideration. Right, right, right. right. Excellent. Um, it, thank you so much for your time, Fess. I think it has been a fascinating conversation. It's a lot of things that we touched upon, which is very relevant. And these are some of the questions that keeps coming in, in my conversations, right? So I think the viewers are going to be uh, benefiting from this particular conversation. Uh, thank you so much for taking time and then talking to me. Uh, any parting comments, thoughts that you have before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say, you know, always be learning. Um, things are changing quickly. And for your audience out there, uh, I would suggest, you know, getting as much insights from peers in the industry is mm. hugely valuable. And, and mm. really thinking about who you can connect with, who you can talk to, who's got great experience in perhaps mm. the types of programs that you're, you, you're planning to run or thinking about running um, and tapping into those learnings. I think it's, it's right. really important to help set you up for success. Right. It's well said. Thank you so much. I, I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn, so we'll make sure that we include uh, your profiles of people if they wanted to reach out, have conversations, right? So they have that information available. But once again, thank you so much for your time, right? Uh, until we meet next time. Bye. Great. Thank you.